1: This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV.
2: Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Uh, Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Boat Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman.
3: It is episode number one hundred and eighty-one of the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. We are right here at sixteen hundred Buckslayer Place, the Buckatorium, as uh, we all named it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It uh, feels like home. We are in lovely Sherrard, Illinois. This is the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. My name is Steve. In the studio is Kurt. As always, what's up, everyone? Eric, what's going on, Papa Dave? Good evening. Oh, he's here. Get on that mic, Dad. <laughs> yeah, get, get in me, on that, get that mic. In, get on that microphone.
1: All right, yeah, All right, well, there he is. <laughs> Ross Biggers in the house as well. That's me. Austin Chandler, what is up? Hey guys.
3: Uh, hey, what's up, man?
1: Welcome back, fellas. You guys are the dynamic duo. Yeah, sure.
3: I guess right. one of one of Ross's uh, second tag teams. I haven't given you guys a name yet. I don't two think two peas
1: in a pod. Well, uh, we just made them sound really gay right off the bat. So yeah, welcome guys. to the studio. Hey, yeah, welcome back, back guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's uh, like we're never coming back. <laughs>
3: yeah, never. You guys uh, are... uh, They wasted all the good stuff talking to each other in the car on the way here, so... That's
1: what I heard. So they're all burnt out. They're a little quiet, but we'll pry it out of them.
3: They had that was probably the best deer hunting knowledge that you will ever never hear <laughs> you know what I mean? they can never duplicate it. Again. if only never. we could
1: have put you in the back seat and then just taped your mouth up so you couldn't speak that would be like the most valuable thing for you so you could just hear <laughs> good hunting conversation and maybe learn a thing or two
3: funny story just so you guys get into this uh the first time i ever met austin you know ross pulled me aside and he goes hey man uh you know that um well, me and you talk, we joke. Um when me and Austin talk, we don't joke. <laughs> and that's all he said. So it was like a kung fu master, just like uh, you know, instead of saying, Hey, uh just don't talk a whole lot, just,
0: just shut up and listen. Take Here's
3: it in. The light. Take it in. <laughs> Fly to it, little birdie. <laughs> <laughs> that is I'm not, I re- that, I remember
0: I'm not that. that
4: serious, am I? I
0: remember <laughs> that. No, <laughs> we, we joke we joke, Austin. We, I mean <laughs> we we all joke around. <laughs> yeah, okay. Didn't
1: get was, that vibe. Still don't get it. <laughs> Well, the thing is, it's like Eric and Austin, you guys are kind of in the same category. It's like, Eric, you're getting better because you got to because Steve's around, but it's like you guys speak with purpose. It's a fact.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's science. You mean he's getting better? He's getting better at speaking with purpose? Is that what you mean? No, without it. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because of you, you're rubbing off just like ever so slightly. God. You're like Rust. It starts with a little spot. Next thing you know, your whole truck's gone to shit. It's
3: <laughs> a <laughs> So what is the Z-Bart of this podcast? On to our sponsors. We're moving along. <laughs> Z-Bart, uh, strangely enough, I don't even think they're a company anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. This podcast. Oh, yeah.
1: Right? Okay. This podcast is brought to you by HHA Sports, Single Pin Nation. Absolutely love them. Single Pin Sites with a lifetime warranty and Rest Now, the Virtus. So mm-hmm. we're getting those ready to slap on our elites. So check out HHA Uh Bringing up Elite. We'll just cut right into it. Elite Archery. Um, I'm putting the tempo to work this year. Let's let's do a run around of our Elite bows. I am shooting the tempo, and I'm shooting the, the brown one. My my bronze beauty, if you will. Bronze. The bronze Papa beauty. Papa Dave, what are you shooting? Impulse 31. What happened
3: to your mic? I don't know. Is his mic not on? Try that. Yes. Mm, I don't know. We're where. literally getting nothing.
1: Papa Dave is shooting an Impulse 31. If Maybe you can hear him. Hold that one. Somebody test here. Go ahead, Eric. I'm shooting the option seven. I'm shooting a brown riser option six.
3: (sighs) That boy.
4: I'm shooting a brown riser camo limbs tempo.
3: I've got the green. Uh, Was it the forest green, or what's that green they call this year? Question mark? Question mark? I'm looking at Ross. Come on, Ross. It's green riser. Green riser. (laughs) Just (laughs) scroll. So I'm I'm shooting the uh, option six. Yeah. <laughs> olive uh, olive green check, in it. With with black know. limbs. Check check. How?
1: Oh. Do we Papa Dave's mic is put
2: M I A? Uh oh. Go ahead. Would you say on. Papa
0: Dave was shooting uh,
2: impulse
3: 30 thirty-one. impulse 30. Yeah, Yeah. So he's six a, inch brace height. <coughs> he's been putting it to work. Uh yeah, well we uh,
2: So everyone in here is shooting elite this year.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, as we uh as we continue to fix the problem here, uh if you want to fix your scent control problem com. Go ahead and check out uh, All their products that they have Check, check, check Most everyone in here Has got uh, got Scent Crusher products I know uh, We all run Scent Crusher bags Kurt's got a tote Roller I bag I tripped over bag. Three or four different Totes bags And <laughs> Everything on else way. On end, the way in Into the studio <laughs> <laughs> We've got the uh, Ozone go for your car And we've got A room clean going I think it just turned off But
0: Stanking up the room it's well, Cleaning yeah. up Eric's mask Yeah, no. Eric Good lord Sorry
3: about that Eric has the it's typical That's Domino's pizza for you Yeah, Eric has the typical Eastern Iowa guy diet Just listening to Jamie Johnson And eating terrible foods Hey, there's something We just
1: gotta get right in with it here Right in Check one, two Check oh. one, two
4: Nice and tight I don't know
1: That mic is uh, apparently faulty It was working earlier in the pre-show <laughs> Sorry, gotta, Papa Dave Just gotta shave your mustache Talking to that one
2: No problem <laughs> get Hey, really that, closer. Sound, that sounded
1: good there <laughs> working. That wouldn't be good for Doug <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Anyway, sorry about the mic issues Continue on, Steve. So you're doing a great job. All right, but we've Big got that shit to show this episode here. We'll get it together. <laughs>
3: exactly. Well, all right. we're talking about food, and when you talk about food during deer season, you better be talking about Smith's Custom Meats, all the uh, product that you can get from there. I know mm. we're all mm. gung ho about the meatloafs. I'm bringing a couple of meatloafs to Thanksgiving tomorrow. We'll see what my family does. Smith's Custom Meats in deer processing in beautiful Viola, Illinois. If you're in Eastern Iowa, Western Illinois, anywhere around here, take your deer there, man. You will not be disappointed.
1: That's right. Veteran shout-out, you got one?
3: I do. The vet shout-out here is, uh, since we got the light off, I can't read my notes.
1: We are a mess this episode, boys. I am
3: not. I just set that stuff over there. The vet shout-out this week is a, is a listener of ours, guy by the name of Robert Clusty. He's a prior Army uh, MP. He's a uh, former Airborne. Your buddy Joel says, hey, thank you for your service to this country, and thank you for listening to this podcast. So that's two awesome things that you do that we are proud of. Thank you. Perfect. So, Robert Clusty, uh, I hope I said that right. Let me know. Um, if not, I will buy you a beer next time I see you, if I ever do. <laughs> but if I ever do see you, I will buy you a beer. All I right. can't imagine that one day, like, if I ever just start doing that and someone comes up and goes, Hey, you said if you saw me, you would buy me a beer.
1: Uh, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, who the hell are you? Oh,
3: you shouted me out on your podcast. I'm like, oh, that thing that I used to do? Yeah, I got kicked out of that for saying too much stupid stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, it probably will happen. But anyway, exactly. <laughs> let's go right into it. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. This is uh you guys are cranking them out lately with us. You come around a little more, huh? Uh
4: no, nah, no kidding. This number three.
1: This is it's only number three feels like more. Ross mm-hmm. has been you hammer them out for a while too, but
4: Yeah, it's been a while since You're, I've been back. Three for you, Austin? I think this is my third. I've been up here two times and then we did one there in Ross's yep. at one sixty four out north, so, Yep.
1: Yes, that was a good time I miss Well, that place. In Illinois, this is... So tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yep. This is the weekend between first firearm season and second firearm season for us. And uh, it makes for... Depending on where you're at, it makes for... After first firearm season, it can be can completely change the way your season goes because some areas are highly, highly, highly pressured and shot up. And some areas are not a whole lot changes. Is that fair to say?
0: Yep, sounds I agree Sounds
1: pretty accurate um, And you know, I had this prepared It's basically sounds like this in certain areas <laughs> And then you're like I thought you could only shoot three times Out of a shotgun And then next thing you know
3: Yeah, he got away They went out too far
1: And then it's like Whoa, what are they doing over there? Hold on, hold on What? What is that? What is that? Are they duck hunting? What are they doing? <laughs> Man, I hope that's not that big eight I've been seeing. <laughs> Man, maybe they're coyote hunting. Yeah, I don't know. You better take
3: cover. Oh.
1: Oh. Oh. He had a jam. I don't, that's what it seems like yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's... that's
3: uh, they call, you know what they call that? They call that the famous Whiteside County push. So... <laughs> we don't got any friends that live in Whiteside County, do we? We have trashed them a couple times. Yeah, trash them all you want. Okay. But
1: it's... uh. You hear that like some questionable <laughs> stuff. You're like, man, how many times does that guy shoot? What is going on over there? And it kind of makes you sad.
2: They can reload yeah. real fast. Because that is.
1: for the majority of us, like there's a lot of gun hunters that we bow hunt too. So nothing really changes. They just got the distance now. The same knowledge is there. The same setups and tactics are there. And then you have your people that all they've ever done is drive deer. And to, in my opinion, you can drive a deer a correct way, but mostly it's just like a complete disregard and Ethics and respect is out the window for an animal you're, you're hunting. That's my opinion. Not putting words in your guys' mouth over there, but it's just what I feel. like. Dude, you
3: remember that scene in Was it Jurassic Park Two when they're like they're they're like trying to catch all the animals and they got all those jeeps coming out and they've got like the ones where like the airbag like the, like the claw shoots out from the side and they're like trying to rope them. <laughs> Do you don't remember that? No. And yeah, Jurassic no. Park, dude, dude, they're driving like all these jeeps and shit, and they're, like they're they're just trying to catch all these animals and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's probably how deer pushing really looks. <laughs> I'm guessing. I don't know.
0: It can. I don't know. It, it gets in some places, like you said, I think a little bit ago, you said um, with a gun you get. A few guys lined up and and everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. even as bow hunters bow hunters gun hunters they're all on the same page the way that you hunt the deer the way that you shoot them take them everything uh and then you get other people with guns in their hands As soon as they get a gun in their hand shotgun sees an opener and you have a gun in your hand and everybody cuts loose
3: uh, yeah where's that four point buck that i've been seeing all the time he ain't appeared lately
4: <laughs> <laughs> what you guys all started looking at me
3: i was like i was done talking and it wasn't that stupid <laughs> it completely
1: uh, cut off a good point but um
4: anywho
0: otherwise uh otherwise i'd say that um at times you can get you get a few a few people in a neighborhood or surrounding properties to your property and you're and you're trying to uh we're trying to adjust mics yeah. here. I can't think straight. I'm <laughs> sorry. Are your headphones I'm, too loud? Yeah, I'm getting Mine's blown off. away here. It's
1: off. Yeah, Oh, I turned ears down on accident.
3: <laughs> we have, uh, we we're have a we're a little new messy every time we new, get it.
1: New equipment. Well, it's yeah. dark in here, and I'm running the Hello? podcast, running this mixer board, and running a headphone amp over here all at the same time.
3: <laughs> and he's wrestling. Steve Can you not hear here.
4: Austin? I've got nothing. Well, son of a gun. I'm still Man. hearing. I'm still there, hearing pretty go. good. I'm, I'm on. I'm, I'm on cranked right up pretty good.
2: All right, we got hold now.
0: You good? I'm out. Ross I got nothing.
1: There we go. Out. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. All Sweet. right. We're okay. by, we're we will get by. our shit together. This, I almost just want to throw this episode out, and we'll just let's just drink Why beer don't? and listen to the sounds of us drinking. We,
3: we could do that. I, uh, All right. Let me start off with this uh, wonderful Goliath Brewing Golden Nugget.
1: Okay. Let's actually seriously talk about uh, the point that Ross is trying to make. Let's
3: hear
0: it. So the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, you get... The guys out there that have a little twenty acre piece, thirty acre, forty, whatever, or, you know, a nice piece to hunt, and you try to manage that piece, uh, it's very difficult to get on the same page with all of your neighbors mm-hmm. and your neighbors' nephews and nieces and know. cousins and brothers and everybody. And you know, shotgun season, it's it's a tradition. I, I'm not going to say anything bad about shotgun season because um, it is a bonding time for families. A lot of families. I mean, we, we I did it growing up. I mean, we'd all get together. We'd all take a you know, walk out there, get in a spot, and sit. And, of course, about six hours of sitting there and not seeing anything, the first thing you want to do is go push. So you start pushing, and you have a chance at shooting deer. Well, yeah. now you have everything stirred up. So I don't know. For me, when I was carrying a gun or all of us were carrying a gun, at some point you automatically jump to that pushing mm-hmm. idea. And – anything that you had planned going into it like you know what we're just going to sit this weekend we're going to be really careful be smart about it and then you almost go into like desperation mode and you, you just, just throw it out the window you're, yeah right. you're like let's go kill some deer right. i mean realistically if you come in after a weekend with your family uh hunting with guns and it's sunday evening and it's getting dark and you guys haven't killed anything i mean that Away on you. I mean, you want some excitement.
1: You want to. Well, there's a difference too because there's the guys that only gun hunt. That's they get two weekends a year, and then they do. They get they feel that pressure. But guys at bow hunt are like, I know, biggie. I got it till mid-January to get right. it done. You right. know, so yeah. right. absolutely, it's and
4: a lot of gun hunters don't feel any pressure. it's just a tradition to go out and shoot anything that moves, and you really can't hold that against them. You know, that's uh, we've got a lot of neighbors that gun hunt two seasons and then they're done for the year. So. You just cross your fingers and hope that they don't see that big boy that you've had tabs on for three years. Right, <laughs> right, right, right.
3: Well, it's like uh, our good buddy uh, Trevor Schmidt. Man, he he connected on a on a really nice tank deer. of an eight. And he, nice eight. He's a he's a very serious bow hunter, but for him, he's still his, relaxed.
1: Man, he don't care about getting a deer or mm-hmm. nothing. He's just he's he enjoys it. Yeah, his first no matter what
3: his first half of the season was really trying to get his daughter to get a deer mm-hmm. and to him. he he's always gun hunted and we don't you know we don't rag I mean we rag on people but we're it, kidding but yeah we always are kidding because you know last week after we did the podcast we are we went kidding over but I like, want to
1: make a point too at the same time because in the majority of the areas that I hunt there is no mutual agreement between neighbors mm-hmm, and right. and all this where I. I well, I mean that's hunt.
2: not that's not just where you hunt. I think that's everywhere. That's the majority you know, that's of everywhere. That's Yo. the
1: majority of the working class hunter, bow Absolutely. hunter, bow hunter especially. But it's you know where I hunt, it's a small parcel, and me and my dad bust our ass to hunt it. We hang mm-hmm. our stands, we do our homework, we have our cameras, and I know, and I got a cell phone picture. Seven thirty rolls in, the hunting's still good at seven thirty. Here comes the Orange Army walking through the fucking middle of it. Ugh. And, yeah. you know, of course, you know, I think a couple deer got killed off that ground this year from what I heard through the grapevine. And it's just, they don't ever go, the people that drive it have no connection to that property. Literally, all they do is drive around and push ravines all over the county. And it just kind of sucks. And it's the, frustrating. The deer hunting, literally, really? it goes from, I mean, it's not the best hunting ever. But it's almost like someone just went through after first firearm season and completely just wiped every deer off of it.
2: Just bulldozed yeah. the whole trail property. cams
1: are dead. Everything, everything. Yep. I think last year after it happened, I got one good buck on trail camera January fifteenth at night, after gun seasons were over, first and second seasons were over. So that was like the only picture. And it's you sit out there and you just feel it. Just feels silent. It's like what the it hell am I even doing? What the hell different. am I doing out here? Yeah. I got all these stands, and every year they I see they see my cameras, they see my stands, and to and, me it's just
0: absolute disrespect. And for a bow hunter, it's just heartbreaking when you, you put, put all in down, all that time yeah. and you hang your stands and you get ready. Now, now a two deer season shotgun hunter, that's all they do every year. Yep, not really focused on trying to get up close and, and kill a big one. It's it's really no sweat, and you can't you can't bring the hardcore bow hunter to the two deer season two shotgun season hunter different animal together it's totally different and the problem is you have different neighbors and little small pieces and you can't everybody can't get on the same page and like i said you get a gun in your hand yep. and sometimes you lose your mind a mm-hmm. uh, little bit just Defy. because of the i don't want to say lose your mind you the gun hunter sometimes wants to uh really wants to just as a family as a get-together you know you don't want to come back empty-handed so you you may you start pushing it, right. and start yeah
1: right
3: and i yeah. get
1: that too to a point but it's uh
3: i'm not a, it just uh,
1: makes it tough on the bow hunter that's like really hustling i was like man that's all i got yep and i had 15 dudes walk through it <laughs> yeah just for no, almost no reason at that point it's like now, you don't ever get now to i want this.
0: to jump on to the next thing and say that uh So during the rut, you're getting these deer, and they're moving through these pieces, and you you have pictures of them. And then gun seasons are over, and it's starting to get bitter cold, and you're getting close to Christmas, and then we have till what, January 15th? Yeah, right around Uh, there. Around there. Give or take a couple days. So it's (laughs) going to get nasty cold.
1: That's Illinois, by the way, for- Illinois.
0: I'm talking Illinois here. So more than likely, you weed out a whole bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Right. So. If and now, if you're smart during the um during the summer months and you get your food plots in, I'm still banking on December fifteenth through January fifteenth, one solid month of right. really good hunting because those deer have to come to the food. They're slaves or to their food. stomach, and yep. they they're slaves to their stomach. And Austin said that in the truck on the way here. And if you have the food in place, those deer are coming. And yep. but that's and, the and big, they've big, been ran off. They've been ran off. There fifteen right. guys ran through your timber. It doesn't matter. It doesn't At some matter. point, they're going to get hungry, and they have to go to that as food. As long as
2: that food is there, they'll come but, back. But so,
0: that
1: also brings the point that that's the big difference between the properties that don't have the food plots. Right. And like, most of our cases, but our listeners.
2: Right, because I don't have any properties that yeah. I'm able to put a food plot
1: on. But if you do have a food source, like you're saying, then that, you know. Right. you You got to see Or them, you're actually. the
0: little piece between another piece and the food, and you can right. figure them out. I mean, it, it's not... i'm not i'm not saying everybody can figure out how to have food in late season i just mean if if there's a possibility that's that's really what i'm trying to focus more on is i mean last year with my late season december 19th austin filmed me shoot one uh out of redneck freezing cold that was one of the most brutal hunts but i i say brutal hunts we were in a redneck blind and had a heater going (laughs) so if it wouldn't have been (laughs) been for that buddy heater it would have been pretty brutal (laughs) i tell you what it was brutal on a on a 15 minute walk to the blind but you guys had busted your ass though
1: like you hunted a long season man. we did
0: man we were exhausted and and to to close on that deer was just uh amazing i that that wrapped the whole season up right there for me and i i killed i killed two last year one south dakota and then that late season whitetail but i've i've never killed two bucks in Illinois with my two tags. It's always really? been one. Yeah. Yep, I never have.
3: Hey, I've got a, I've got a question I want to ask uh, to you guys. Me and Kurt were talking about this before the podcast. It's a it's a law. I was like, hey, if, if they came up with this law, how awesome would this be? And I want to get your guys' input. Uh, in order to draw a gun tag or a buck tag, you have to shoot a, a deer with a bow first. You know what I mean? So it's like essentially an earn a buck. Or maybe it doesn't even have to be a, a you know, just a you well, shoot a deer with a, with a bow, and even then you even earn, a crossbow. You're saying firearm in general, yeah. And then you earn a buck firearm buck tag, right? What do you think? Whether about it that?
0: be whether it be a crossbow or a
3: or a Depend- a, a compound uh, bow, yeah, that kind of muddies up the situation. I would, I don't think I, I, I so. Wanna, I don't want to go too deep, deep into that. Right do you not now. want? Do you no, not we're like not going to go into it. We're I don't want to go, go deep into it. it. No,
1: because I would say crossbows out of the situation. Completely.
3: Yeah, I didn't even. Unless, in the
1: unless that's gonna,
0: you're, that's gonna that's gonna weed out most a of lot people. of people. Which Almost all of them.
2: Which, which you don't want to do. How because, about this?
1: I would vote for this. Just move, make first firearm season in Illinois where where second firearm season is already. That, or yeah, or make,
0: match Iowa's. Match Iowa. Match Iowa. I've said
1: that for a long time. Just match Iowa. If they matched I mean, Iowa, yeah. we'd be in Personally, good shape. Personally,
4: I just like to see an antler restriction, a size restriction. So if you're going to hunt with a firearm, you they hold you to an eight-point or better standard. So that way, maybe some of the younger deer get to. I'd agree. That's with a that. good call. That's a real okay. good call. A lot, a lot of states do that. A lot of uh, elk hunting places will say four-point bull or better. So firearm I think, only. I, I think you could do something like that with a gun season.
1: That would be more. That would be uh, more accepting and doable. I think. Yeah. Because. Uh, Steve, we don't. Steve, we do We
2: don't have an antler restriction. Oh. We just have you know, a shotgun comes in the first weekend in December, and then we have so many does per county. So we keep you know, once those do tags are gone, you can't shoot as many does as you want to.
1: Right. What do you think would go over better with the guy who only gun hunts and the state of Illinois, uh, both in the same? If you just you know consider both point of views. Imagine it like Iowa, because you guys have
2: an early firearm season, right? Oh, we have an early muzzleloader. Okay, and then you guys have, when did your first season start? First season shotgun starts the first weekend in December. Okay, so our second shotgun season. Yes, and then... So, what do you think would go
1: over better? Mimicking Iowa's seasons? Like, you do it exactly how Iowa does it, early muzzleloader, and then do the first shotgun season or first firearm season later, or antler restrictions but keep the same seasons?
0: Either one's going to make a heck of a difference.
1: What uh, do you think would go over better? I mean, I think e- both would make a hell of a difference. I think play. I think
2: or, the mimic- or mirroring Iowa would go over better.
0: I think I think you're right. I, I would like I like the idea it, of the antler restrictions, though. I mean, I think because- the antler
4: restriction would make the gun hunter slow down a little bit. Like you can't just shoot at a brown blur; you actually have to sit there and wait and look at the deer and make sure he has yeah. the points. And it's going to. It's going to make the gun hunting a little more intimate. You can't just drive and shoot anything that's...
1: It would that's, make more edu- It would make more educated hunters yeah, all around. I agree. I think it would. But what if they did both? What if they mimicked Iowa and did an antler restriction? Well, that'd be awesome. Can you imagine what Illinois would be in five years? The
0: thing about it is they everybody... It'd be
1: stupid.
2: It'd be, it'd be crazy.
0: Stupid it, it good, would, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. no, it'd,
1: it'd be stupid good. Yeah. Can you imagine... There would be no debate. Well, Everyone just be like, "Illinois is the greatest state to, to well, hunt." That ever. Is, no, no. That's all right
2: though, because all, all the Illinois deer cross the river into Iowa, so it'd be even. better. You're so them. up your ass. <laughs> no, that's what Kurt always says.
1: So he always says Iowa's bigger. I'm like, they just all the all the good genetics Iowa has. Let's facts are facts. The Earth is flat, and so deer, that, good deer from Iowa swim over from Illinois,
2: so that'd be good for us. So yeah, go ahead and do
3: it. That's fine.
0: No, we yeah. we talked about <laughs> we talked about uh, Austin and I talked about on the way here. Um,
3: what was that podcast called by the way? Do- <laughs> in the tri-
0: uh, We we talking about we were talking about, we were talking about ratios, uh doe buck ratios. Um his thoughts versus my thoughts and back and forth and how many do you just want to have a whole bunch of deer, the as much as you can or should you have a 1 to 1 or a, like a doe to buck or a 3 doe to 1 buck or how many? And we went back and forth on it and you know, I think we I think we come up with Two to one is pretty pretty good, yeah, but that's what I was thinking. how are you, I mean, how are you going to control that? I mean, I, I don't It'd be know. Tough. It's hard to. It had to be Texas. What are well, your and thoughts? That,
2: and that's the thing too. Like, I don't know how Iowa does it on our doe tags because each county has a limit on doe tags, and I don't know how they go about getting that number.
0: Right. Well, Would for you, me, mean, it's very. I guess it's it's really obvious that there are way more does than bucks. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I, the reason that I can say it's really obvious, I guess, is I'm banking on my late season with a field with beans, and I mean we're talking it's it's like a forty fifty acre field and so standing you got, beans. You had every doe there. within
4: twenty miles. Yeah, coming His, so so that's His what we're talking is about. Extremely high doe density. Right. We're talking probably seven or eight does to one buck. Mm-hmm. So
0: in the most brutal weather, and you know those deer coming to the field. We, we, can count, we can count we can six bucks and 55 does. Right. I mean, yeah. that's bad.
1: That's real bad.
0: So that's what I'm banking on when I say there's way more
1: does than bucks. So you're saying two to one is in two does to one buck? Yeah. I think that would be good. And I think our – I mean, and, Austin, what do you and think? Guess, what, how would you break that down?
4: I, I look at the big names. I look at the Lee Likowskis and the Mark Drury's and uh, – uh, Bill Winky, Bill uh, all these guys want the same thing. They want a one to one ratio. And Mark Drury, I watched an episode on him and he really hit it home. And I wish I could remember all the points that he brought up. But it just makes for an overall healthier deer herd when your buck is not run to death. When he has mm-hmm. a doe, you know, when it's a one to one ratio, the bucks aren't running all over hell and back. It makes for a healthier deer and in turn, healthier deer equals better antlers mm-hmm. it's just overall her healthier herd that's right I it mean, made a lot of sense that's to a good me. Point. the way he explained it i wish that i would have taken some of those points away from that a little bit and i well. think
0: in my in my opinion um when it let's let's think about peak breeding time high i mean it's it's full rut um and i made this point to austin on the way but we we talked about when you have a whole bunch of does in one area, um, let's say you have this, it's a pretty good sized block of timber, and there's deeper ravines and everything else, these these big boys know where these doe bedding areas are. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you don't know where they're at. So and you had pictures of this deer all over the place, and then all of a sudden peak rut comes in and you got nothing. You mm-hmm. can't see him. You haven't you haven't seen him. You no know, trail cam pictures. You no know, nothing. Uh, he's smart enough to know where that doe bedding area is. And he knows where the other dough bedding area is. And he's going to go from back back and forth from one to the other. Mm-hmm. And he's got his pick between 40 different does. So he, and he's making a 100-yard distance between the two. Right. Where if you thinned out those does, and he had three does sitting over here in this bedding area, or four, or whatever, and then he had five or six in this other one, he's going to go back and forth. And if nobody's bred, or nobody's ready, or nobody's in in uh asterisk yet then he's going to get on his feet and he's got to cruise that field and start looking searching trails and and all that and and you're going to get a chance at seeing that deer that's my thoughts anyway
1: that i was going to say that too it makes there's more competition and there's less it's just not as easy right you know if you go to uh i mean and clint casper our buddy has has, that does our blog and everything he's on the show quite a bit he's due for a new episode um he kind of made the point like you could almost compare the rut to the bar life for a young single guy. It's pretty accurate, you know. And, and he, I can't. I wish it's all on on the podcast. I'll have to dig it up. But he said, you know, one. And I don't know if he covered this, but it's kind of apply. Like if I go into a bar by myself and it's full of hot single chicks, I'm not going to really make my way around that whole bar in one night because I'm going to stop and talk to every single one I can in one that night. Makes and, sense. and see who's down. And but if there's, you know, if the the bar is all chicks, but there's two in the corner and then two over there by the gambling machine, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna run all over that bar trying to talk to all of them then within the night. So it does, uh, mm-hmm. it, it you know you can apply it to that stuff. It's almost the same thing.
3: It really, I I think it is. That is the uh, episode where eye pumping came from.
1: Yeah, eye pumping. <laughs>
3: you're in there, eye pumping all the. <laughs> but it it makes sense, you know, if you go into a bar and there's nothing but dudes. I mean, you know, not say anything wrong if you stay there, you but you got to move to check for yeah, for those Yeah, you're not gonna hang out there too long. I mean, you know, you might or if, get or in or the if fight. there's
0: only three and there's twenty five of you guys in there,
3: uh-huh.
1: there's gonna be a brawl. Exactly. <laughs> Rattling is gonna work. Rattling is gonna work. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, a, that's,
3: a, that's someone's empty glass. Set. <laughs> That's the rattling when a chick shakes her empty glass. Who's buying me a 7 and 7? <laughs>
1: Jeez. Good Lord. That's
3: number two, Eric. Whoa. Whoa. Get off your damn phone. Spill, spill the empty Wait, are you taking a Snapchat? No, I mean? oh, so so let's, let's talk about this. This I like this talk,
1: this, uh, this ratio talk. I feel like it's very important. It's something that it's it's hard for us to analyze as hunters. And, let, and I think it's even hard for a biologist to come in on a property in the Midwest. Because how would you ever know? Yeah people say yeah you can do trail camera surveys but that's why I really that's,
0: know? I talked I talked to a guy the other day and he said he had uh doctor deer come to his farm had to pay quite a bit of money to have his input uh they're talking about deer density and doctor deer's idea was the more deer the better you leave this much food sitting there mm-hmm. and keep all the deer on your farm and it was it just tons i mean it's like a zoo you walk through these woods and there's just deer running everywhere, and hmm. and I think that's great if you can if you can pull that off. But what I mean, talk about the coal bucks and the other bucks that that really need weeded off that farm. How are you going to do that when you have, I don't know, what hundred and eighty deer on your farm? I mean that's that's unrealistic. I mean, you, I mean that's hard yeah. to come by. But if you, uh, I'm just throwing out a number, but wouldn't it be better in my opinion wouldn't it be better to to keep everything keep the deer herd down a little bit and manage the big bucks that are there versus have a whole bunch of hundred and thirties at four and a five four or five years old versus keep the uh you know that one seventy buck and keep his genetics in the area get yep. rid of those other little the, the six point hundred and eighteen inch and the <laughs> <laughs> I'm not burning Austin. I was just, I'm just saying, like yeah, those types of bucks need to go, point.
1: right? Well, I mean, you're keeping the the elite, the superb genetics, right? You're making right. that more of the dominant genetic if you can help it, but
0: but then yeah, you I can't think, always focus on the score either. So we can go into a whole other talk about that. But I mean, in my opinion, Austin's ear that he shot a couple of weeks ago was. Awesome. I mean, all
1: kinds of character. It's hard to come by a big six point like that. If you kill a bigger six pointer than that, I'll be I'll be impressed.
3: (laughs) He'll buy he'll buy you a beer if he sees you at a bar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's one of those things, though. And what you're talking about, Ross. I think it is possible for people that own their own farm. For the average guy, that's tough. But even then, if you have the opportunity or a lease or whatever, that takes a long, long time. You're right. Exactly. It's
2: almost to the point where. Well, and it takes a big chunk of property to do that, and yeah. you don't want to smoke all
0: your tags up trying to shoot the, the scrub like a, bucks, right? So I mean, if
2: you,
1: my, my hold on my my outlook is is, I just like to shoot deer too much, you know. I mean, I shoot a lot of does. Yep. Which one of the properties I'm hunting now has a lot of does, so I don't think it's even. I'm probably doing more good shooting more does. Well, um because hard, yeah dude yeah, when you get when you
4: get down to one to one and then then you need to start worrying until then just keep cracking them yep exactly yeah <laughs> yep. because
1: i've had six seven does in one pitcher one time i've never had this you gotcha. know, on my cam. i'm like whoa you know that to me that doesn't seem like a common thing well it hasn't been for me anyway one or two or three maybe but
0: but i'd say i'd say backing up just a second um when I talk about a, a decent uh, you know a good buck an old buck that doesn't score worth of crap at all um, doesn't matter it's age I guess age is what I was getting the bottom line is age nice, you know what he's a, a cool nice, looking buck. buck he's got a lot of character get him shot you yeah. just shot you just shot a mature buck I mean that's that's I don't care what he scored all you can Obviously, do at that point obviously you want to keep those 160 170 the big the really good genetics around mm-hmm. but if you got an opportunity on a five-year-old buck and he's going to score 135 inches. Kill him! Kill
1: him!
2: That's like this guy right here. When and that's he, he was eight and a half, and he went what one? Thir- and that deer—he he was 130's. gnarly, man. Yeah, one thirties. Yeah, 130's. yeah. yeah.
1: It's the thing. It's just like some people. No matter what, it's just genetic. Like a five and a half year old deer doesn't mean it's going to. Like you just said, is it's not going to be a one seventy. It might only be a hundred and twenty inch deer, but he's just. Heavy body, you know, like Steve will never be on the cover of men's health. Like we get that. But he's mature, you know. He's mature. Well no. I wouldn't go that that's, far.
2: That's, questionable.
1: that's <laughs> I th- questionable. I thought you were
3: gonna bring the swole midget back into play. Okay, what I want to transition I, to Well, now. I was I wanted to I wanted to ask one question, one, Kurt. No one really cares what you're gonna ask. The, yeah, you do. I wanna I wanna pick your guys' brand. Better of this better be good. So if you guys pick up a property, say it's <laughs> oh, <good> Lord, <laughs> 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 okay, I forgot we got sound effects. See, <laughs> see you two pick up a nice 120-acre piece, mm-hmm. and you guys just, it's yours. I want to pick your brain. How do you start? I mean, TV show host gets busted. for He's killing you. Oh, we're right not now. getting paid right now for this. We can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. So it's a 120-acre piece that you, got, you two get. Yep. What are the first couple steps that you guys are taking to make sure your herd is... Where you want it to be, and if not, then where are you guys sitting? How do you how do you handle that? How do you handle business on a brand new 120 acre piece? And what are you trying to turn it into?
4: I'd be kind of greedy, honestly. I'm uh, if I'm just getting the piece, I haven't had years to work with it. I'm probably not going to try to do a lot of management as far as bad genetics. I'm going to be putting a trail camera out there and looking for the big one. Yep, a- I agree. Any, any deer that's a 150 five year old is going to be. He's going to be uh, getting looked at pretty hard. But you got to do your homework.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You go in there, you find the biggest buck, and you go after him. So that's, I,
2: I mean, and, that's the way I look at it, like a new property. you got to put tra- trail cameras out and do your homework and see, okay, what am I working with here? What's on this property? What's coming through the property? What's staying here? Kind of do that. And you that can... Shit.
0: And you can walk through that property. I mean, I would want to, you walk through the property, look at an aerial true. first, look at an aerial, and then make a plan to walk through and scout it, and maybe think you got it figured out, but then you don't got it figured Which out. you I never, mean, you never they, do the first they, time. Like, well, we, I mean, I keep going back to what Austin and I talked on the way here, but he's got a farm right now. He's hunting that the neighbors just cut their corn. Uh, it's a fresh cut cornfield, and we've been hunting the wrong side of the farm and these deer mm-hmm. have been basically ghosts to us i mean they're on the other side of the farm uh, dodging it hasn't cameras
4: necessarily been the wrong side but they're just using a different right. different right. food source at a different time of year when the corn gets cut then they kind of change their pattern a little bit and uh yep well head yeah. out the other side of the farm absolutely just, and and they, it's basically like hunting a different farm it's big enough they start coming out the other side where we haven't been you, right you and you're seeing the, deer you, you haven't ever seen I got in a fresh stand tonight, hung the stand, and, and uh, got to see a deer that I'd never seen before, a, a deer that I'm going to shoot if I get a chance. Well, yeah, and you, you, when, you, when you
2: get a new piece, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to hang this stand, and then that's kind of where you figure out, okay, where are the deer coming from? Like, you don't really know, but you kind of say, hey, this looks like a good spot, yep. but you have no idea if the deer are coming by there or not.
4: Stand number one is kind of an observation stand, yep, so you get absolutely. in there and see, and see if you're in the right spot, and if you don't like it, then you can tweak it on down the road. Yeah.
0: And realistically, you could figure that farm out pretty quick if you could hunt every day. But the weekender right. or yeah. mm-hmm. the guys that get a couple of days or only get a week a year, I mean, it's hard to be there. And your camera's not going to pick up everything that's out there. Just Absolutely. what's the on that tree. G- exactly. So when you go out there, a lot of guys come away frustrated because, man, I, I haven't had any pictures. And I got out there, and every time I seen a big one, he was 150 yards away. Yep. Right. Well, you just smoked a whole week of vacation time trying to get, that deer, or get a big deer shot um when if you could be there every day you could have got on that deer sooner so what the frustration of the guys that can't hunt every day all day and figure that farm out
1: it's tough man it's it's tough part of the chess game though i guess that's right transitioning a little bit um right now and it's kind of a sad thing because november's coming to a close um quick but awesome but you were saying before the podcast you think right now the rut is still kicking i mean what's give us your input both you guys um the last couple days what's happening now and what you expect to do in the next week or so up until second firearm season
4: yeah well we talked a little bit earlier about the the effect that uh, shotgun hunting can have on pieces well i'm lucky enough where i hunt there's some big blocks of crp and uh and my piece i didn't gun hunt it real hard anticipating that i'd be doing some late season bow hunting so I, my piece is still pretty fresh, so I get to get up on your mic a little bit there, Austin. All right, I'm I'm basically watching deer right now, still behaving like the rut's in full swing. Uh, tonight I got to see five bucks, five bucks on a doe. Um, it reminded me of something that I would see in the first week in November. Really? So okay. I'm, and this
0: is the 22nd of November. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Yeah. So I'm very hopeful for the next week of hunting. Um, yeah. After seeing probably the second biggest deer i've seen all season uh tonight having five other bucks on the same doe <laughs> ross is peeing in the corner it like he's taking a leak over here. i can't Sorry. believe that mike picks that up oh, yeah no i i guess my opinion is if your spot hasn't been pressured and you get the chance to go out there and hunt take that opportunity to go out there maybe hang a newsstand think about the neighbor's food source try to think outside the box a little bit hang a fresh stand go in there and see what you're seeing and uh it changed it for me tonight i got to see a new one think no.
1: about the neighbor's food source i think a lot of people maybe don't key in that factor because maybe it's not on your ground you can't hunt it right. but it's going to affect how deer travel from your ground to the neighbors Very that's much. a really exactly. good point figure coming, where coming
0: they're in and
4: going out both yeah, yeah so figuring
0: I, where they're bedded up and where they're moving through right i mean it's and it changes, like he said, just or Austin said just a little bit ago. Um, depending on the time of the year, I mean, right now they're hitting the corn pretty hard, but here in just a little bit they're gonna switch over to any beans they can find. I mean, right. beans have the most protein. When it gets nasty cold, they go for the beans. So, so
1: with that bringing that up, I don't mean to cut you off, but I kind of want to. I want to get into that. Okay. So right now, what do you think is happening within doe estrus and psychologically with these bucks? Is it coming off the lockdown and and cutting over to check for the last batch or a desperate frantic move to try and breed does
4: it just depends on the buck i mean it's not all going to happen on the same day for every buck so this morning talking about different food sources i was hunting some standing beans got to see a nice 140 inch deer with two or three does so Obviously, he's still doed up. Mm-hmm. Tonight, I go into the stand, and I have those five bucks come in with a, with a couple does. Uh, they're coming and going to a cornfield, different food source, but still doing the same thing. They're all still with the does, but that's not saying... I've seen some 120 and 130-inch deer the last week that have been on the move. They're right. in between does, so... This time of year, anything can happen. You can have that doe come by or you can have a buck cruising, but uh, I wouldn't be just resorting to a food source yet. It's not late season enough for me to just sit at home in the mornings and then go hunt in the evenings. Okay. I'm still getting up every morning and going. When (laughs) would
1: you make that transition? And that's where I wanted to go where you were bringing up, Ross. That's
4: i look at temperatures i look when it gets bitter cold the snow starts flying you know it's it's getting into december the the rut's kind of starting to wind down that's the time when i start setting the mornings out okay and really
0: it, it it adds up to uh what you're seeing too i mean i i uh i killed a really good deer in 2012 um it was november 30th second shotgun season the second day of shotgun season in 2012 and the night before the the few days before that it had been really cold and the deer were just pounding the actually the cut cornfield and i i noticed that switch between like austin's been saying what he's been seeing chasing these bucks chasing and following does and searching uh straight to food the big boys were hitting the food and i thought holy smokes they've already they're past the rut and they're they're headed straight for food well it worked out and i was able to shoot him um with a muzzleloader um uh november 30th and when he came out he 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 followed i I think there was like 30 there was like 30 or 40 deer in the field at that (laughs) point but um he'd come out behind a group of six or seven does uh small bucks were in the field but he come following those does out so i'm sure he was still he still wanted the does company by by a long shot but he was there to eat too and he went straight to eat, and then he didn't nose anybody around. He was just there to eat. So, hmm. so I, depending on the weather, like Austin said, I think that's a huge factor. Um, the food source at what given time of the year is another one. And the individual. And the individual, yep. But, no,
2: I think but we warm- always say, like, it's getting colder, but, like, this weekend coming up. Yeah, I was just about to bring that it's up. Gonna, it's going to get warmer, actually, because today it was, like, a low of 18 this morning, and it was cold all day. But now come friday it's supposed to be like a high of 54 so is that going to change your guys's planning of where you're going to sit and what are you going to do
0: it would change mine i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go hunt them like they're still in full rut i I would be down the timber i'd be trying to figure out where they're at yep i wouldn't i wouldn't like austin said sleep in and then go sit on the food source at night absolutely i mean in the mornings they're going to be cruising that warm weather they, they don't need food and you know when they're in the rut they They can go a long time. they don't care about food. Friday is so. supposed
3: to be sixty one so you know a lot of guys that are you know the working working class, I mean you know you're gonna get Thanksgiving off and you're probably gonna go ahead and get the, the well, day it's, after it's, thanksgiving off it's so a it's such it's a be...
2: change here in the midwest. I mean, like like I said today is eighteen mm-hmm. and Friday it's gonna be sixty one like that's it's got to take a toll on the deer you thing, don't I mean yeah, don't well, it
3: I but that'd be a really comfortable sit if you're gonna sit all day.
2: Oh, absolutely. For us,
3: mm-hmm. I'm going to hunt this weekend like it's still the rut.
1: Oh, I'm I not gonna, I don't plan on doing anything different than I would normally do. But
0: at, at some point, like say when when Austin said that when that temperature changes, man, it's going to and it drops, then yeah, you go straight to the food source. And when it's nasty cold, uh, last year, uh 19th of December, even a few days before that, it was brutal. Um they those deer were showing up all day long and we barely got in the blind last year in that redneck and it was like I don't know, it was like 10 till noon or something at 1205 there was like seven big does came to the field not one buck with them and they ate for a while and they headed off and then another group would come out and they'd eat for a while and head off I mean it's just like an all day thing they just they they go back they bed they come back they eat they 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 don't care about rutting because they got to
2: have that fuel to stay warm.
0: But then you think about talk about stages of the rut. All right, so are we still in pretty good rut? Yes, I agree. At this point in time, yes, we are. Um, And then it's going to switch to food source. But then there's always those yearling does that come in. Mm -hmm. last part of the year january third rut
4: point i was gonna touch on yeah you brought that up we want to look at the rut as a one-dimensional thing like is the rut on or is it off well to me the rut's on for three months i mean the whole hunting season the rut's on there's deer breeding the whole time yeah Mm -hmm. so you can always catch that buck bumping a doe around the chances are just higher right now the first two to three weeks of november it's a
2: higher rate right now than it is say a month from now right I okay. remember
4: last
3: uh we had you on about a year ago. I think it was right after you shot your your buck and you talked about that third rut, and we had a lot of people call in. This you know, was saying, this
1: keep in mind, this was like first week of January, I think, and I thought you were crazy kind of I didn't think you were crazy. I've heard people talk about the third rut. I've never experienced I remember talking it. about that. Yep. We and heard then, people
3: talking about you saying you were crazy. And then I went
1: out <laughs> that weekend and saw a good eight, like a hundred mid one forties inch eight dog and does, and I'm like Golly. <laughs> oh, gee, dang. No. Uh, I was like, "Well, I'll be, a, I'll be tickled pink. Well, the thing about it
0: is uh, I think Austin and I both listen and and read up on on Bill Winky a lot. I think what he Love has to guy. say. Yeah. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, we feed off of that quite a bit, uh, according to what we see in the timber. Um, uh, that no, November 6, 7, 8, 9 – I think he's he's like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. whatever. I mean, he says
1: the seventh, give or take, give or like, plus minus three days, plus minus three. That's why we
3: took our vacation then. Well, Kurt told me when to take mine. Right, right. I always, I always, I always shoot for that date.
1: The reason
0: that he pushes on those is, is up until that point, you may have a chance, and there are guys out there that knock deer down this year and every year, Um, here and there, kind of sporadic. But guys that kill end of October and caught a big dog on his feet. which is awesome. But then you, it just seems like for me, almost every year, I'm between, I, I have really good luck at the very tail end of October, say the 30th, 31st, and then it's dead until five, six, seven, somewhere right in there. And then all of a sudden, every trail camera I have and up. anything that I see in the timber, all of a sudden, the big boys are showing up. When you've been watching the little guys, you know, the three year olds walking by, I mean, you're obviously. They're running, chasing does, looking for those, They're on the search, but you're not seeing the big ones. And all of a sudden, one day it just clicks, and all the big ones are on their feet. And where in the world has that guy been? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you're Isn't that sitting there. It's it's, it's it's crazy. It's so I, I agree completely with Bill when he says um, five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. Those days, um, that's that's the cut loose days. Mm-hmm. But after that, it starts to kind of trickle down, and then all of a sudden you get those. Sporadic days where holy cow, we've seen we seen three one sixties chasing one doe or something crazy like right. that. It's like you can't predict those days or figure out when mm-hmm. that's going to be. But I mean,
1: wouldn't that be like Austin
0: said? We're, I mean, there, any day is a good day after everything picks up. I mean, once the rut is in full swing, it's it's three my, months of rut.
4: My two best days this year have been the sixteenth and today, the twenty second.
0: 16th of November and the 22nd of November. Yep. And yep. and you did you hunt very hard up until that point or
4: uh, every morning and every night since October 26th, other than five sets. I've missed five sets since the 26th of October. That's, that's, yeah, pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. Man, what it's are you good. collecting,
3: disability? How are you <laughs> <laughs> one are you One of the perks
4: of being a off? farmer. <laughs> there you go. Just willing to go broke over deer hunting. Well, he <laughs> <thing laughs> must have picked this corn early. <laughs> I, I picked 25% corn so I can go setting this. <laughs> <laughs> Cream corn. <laughs> Just running it through the combine.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, like. Throw some salt in there there if first firearm season in illinois didn't cut me off from when i was going to take my vacation i would actually take it i took it the week of the 7th i would actually take it probably more from the 11th through the weekend of first shotgun season but i don't firearm hunt typically so i took mine the week prior that's why so i'd have more days to hunt during that week instead of getting cut off by firearm season right so that's if, if we set it up like Iowa, I would normally take it overlapping into that couple of days into the first firearm season in Illinois. That's when my ideal day is, like the 10th through the 16th, 17th in that area. And that's that area. the when I seen the mm-hmm.
2: most action was those that week.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's funny you mentioned November November 16th. I uh, The one deer that I named Gucci Mane, got one picture of him. He's a good deer. The only other picture I got of him was on the 16th at like 530 in the morning on this scrape. <laughs> he's probably dead by now. I, I, somebody told me, they're like, man, we saw this big bastard walking around. He was limping with half a rack. And I'm like, eh, yeah, he probably got blown away. So that deer's <laughs> probably not ever going to show up again. But, yeah, the 16th, as soon as he said that, I go, oh, wait, I know when I saw yeah, He was
1: out there, and then he just, just, oh, oh,
3: did it cut out? Yeah, <laughs> there he goes. I wish there's. you could just save the, <laughs> so if I'm saying something stupid, you can collect and he's <laughs> yeah, dead. No, go. it's like if I'm if instead done. of you warning me that I'm saying something dumb, you could just be like click click.
4: So that's the, oh. that's, the that's the picture of the deer that I had an encounter with on the 16th, <laughs> and I've known that deer yeah, for a long giant. time. The giant. He's the, that's the sheds I brought in. Yeah, no, great. yeah, you have those
3: sheds, dude. You get a if if you saw him, dude, you get a perfectly heart shot at him right there. Well, can we do one yeah, thing?
1: If you guys don't mind, can we hit some of these Facebook questions? Yeah, and then I want to talk about your buck, Austin, and then we I want to talk about the sheds and the, and this buck quick. If that's Ugh. cool, that way we can hit this. Hey, uh, Ross, have you ever seen this?
3: I've seen that picture once. <laughs> we can hit
1: this the Facebook questions mid stroke. There's just a few here. They and, probably uh, talked
3: about their uh, their podcast that they did before.
1: A lot of these have yeah. already sort of been um, kind of answered. covered loosely, but if maybe we can just we'll go through answer and just give straight up answers. Yeah, if, if that if we've already covered it. Um, Scott Gardner. Okay, he's giving me shit, so we'll ignore him.
3: No, no, he's a good dude. Yeah, he he, he written me up. because I had a misspell on the... Oh, uh, God, stars. what did he say? He had a good point. He's a good guy. Bless
1: his heart. He didn't ask a question. He's just giving me hell. Um well, screw him Amber then. and Mark Hurley. Is it time to start focusing on food sources again or stay in the thickets? I personally stay in the thickets. For one reason, is the thermal cover on the cold nights ahead, but I like to hear different opinions.
0: Right. Um...
2: I think we kind of
0: we we, we kind of somewhat covered that on this on this one, but uh, otherwise, I like his idea with the thermals and and we've the past few times in the tree we've we Austin I've talked about that we wait on that and on the on the thermals to kick in and when they do, you're in the money.
3: That's your uh, guys's other podcast that you do right from the tree, mm-hmm. from the tree, from the truck.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a, but that'd be a no, good he's, one for you guys he's,
0: he's on a good track there I like that uh, um, I, don't,
4: I don't want to say that I stray away from food sources right now I hunt food sources all season long But I am I just don't make that my number one evening right. set I'm still I still getting a timber on some evening sets uh, I'm not in full food source mode yet But I'm not going to rule it out If I'm seeing a big deer close to a field I might go set the field edge
1: Okay, okay Um, I let him know we responded so he can come in here. Uh, Gene Miller, how nocturnal and what changes mostly happen after the first gun season due to them being ran and shot at, we kind of covered this already, um, had to be, uh, skitterish a little, which changes patterns. He's asking the question mark. This is assuming the properties surrounding gun hunt.
3: Hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's like you talked about, Kurt. You got 15 guys that drive through your little piece. I mean, obviously that's going to disrupt everything. <laughs> right. So it just depends on how big the piece is and how much pressure is in the area. For sure.
0: And you could turn around and have a smoking hot dough go running through, and they forget about any kind everything. of nocturnal movement. It just it, it's it's really just a, a shoot cr- in the dark, a crap right. shoot, shot in the dark.
1: Um, let's go to the next but one. Texas
3: heart shot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: gene also i haven't shot a buck yet it's post rut now or what do do i still call what type of calling do i concentrate on betting or food source will bucks concentrate on nothing but food post rut midday best to move stands there's a lot of questions there so i guess just do the best you can yep
3: thanks gene
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah i'll start real quick i'll say uh as far as calling um Man, I'm I'm pretty sensitive with my calling. I never blind call. I hate blind calling. That's interesting. Really? I, no, no way. I mean, rattling is different, but I, I really am kind of hesitant on even doing that. And, <laughs> and I think Austin and I are both on the same page as far as that goes. But I, the first thing I see, you know, if I see a good buck cruising, and I mean he's cruising looking for a doe, he's not locked up. If you got a doe, or a big buck locked on a doe, and you grunt at him, he's just going to laugh at you. I mean, man. you can't, it, I've seen it done. There's guys that have pulled those bucks off of those does, which not, is incredible. Not a it's percentage. No, it's, it. it's, it's a, it'd be a shot in the dark if you can pull that off. Because do you think
3: so. it's only only like younger bucks that just go out there and just, you know, button bucks and spikes that, because I remember, I, I, what, what day was it, probably Thursday or Friday, something like that, and I heard a grunt, and I was like, oh, man, that's behind me, and I was like, I think that deer, whatever grunt, is going to be walking right by a trail cam. I didn't hear nothing. Maybe I threw out a grunt call, and I didn't hear, you know, didn't... It it didn't sound like anything, you know, it got his attention or whatever. He kept walking. I look, and it's Spike Buck, and I was like, well, I heard grunting earlier, but... I didn't you're, better see any off, bucks, you're better off. You're better know? off
0: to hit hit a bleat at that uh, spike buck. I mean, I mean button buck, spike buck. You I, know I didn't know
3: what he was. He was behind yeah. me, and I was in a ground blind. I, I don't. Was... I
0: don't like to. Uh, like I said, I don't like the blind call. And if I do, if I don't know, if I do, I got to be really confident. Majority of those deer are going to be upwind to me hmm. if I'm going to call at them because good you go rattling. Looking. You know, a, a buck's almost. Gu- he's guaranteed a, a good buck a mature buck is guaranteed he's coming downwind i mean he's not yeah and it, it, he, he may be upwind but he's going to circle all the way around you oh, yeah. and it may take 15 minutes that's why every time we rattle you better be waiting and be ready to go 15 minutes later because uh the other day we had a you know we had a three-year-old cruise through two and a half year old and i rattled and grunted at him just to just to see if i could get him to come in because We've been struggling with rattling bucks in this year, so I wanted to see if I could get him to come in. And it was a good 10 minutes, and he went, and I think we, we found a scrape. I think he hit a scrape, uh, but he jacked around for a long time before he decided to come running in, and he did, and he came straight downwind. Hmm. That's just yep, – yep. so calling it deer – and we could go on a whole tangent yeah, about that. Yeah, that's but a I'm, another episode. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> my, anyway. My big,
4: my big uh, bugaboo with – blind calling is, <laughs> I'm, I'm always all right you got a okay. different right up in there get, yeah. get closer. i'm always there going go. to there be go. in super thick low visibility spot if i'm going to blind call rattle or grunting whatever if i've got any kind of visibility i'm just going to wait to see that deer come out if i can hear deer in there and i can't see him then that's a time to blind call but i usually don't just start tooting on the grunt call for no reason <laughs> Toot, toot, I love that Tooting on the ground, call. On the ground call. That's awesome I love well, that I shit. just figured out The name of their podcast <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh.
4: oh and he was talking About stands uh, When to hang a stand mm-hmm. So not just This time of year But any time of year If I'm going to Stink up a spot I'm going to take My stand in with me About 11 o'clock Noon whatever I'm going to hang it And I'm going to hunt it I'm going to make it Worth my time To go into that property And bring my son in with me I'm at least going to get The first cherry set out of it Before all the deer yeah. pick up on the scent that's right
0: and and hanging and hunting can be your best can be your best bet honestly well, I mean oh yeah. make...
4: well tonight I got to see my second best buck of all season and it was a hanging hunt night that's right <laughs> first
1: first, so cherry, first sits that's,
4: that's the cherry set
1: yep I like that look a lot of okay, guys. I almost, said, I almost said something that wasn't no. Go ahead and say it. No, Let's I, hear it. No, I can't. I can't say it.
0: A lot of guys can. You can kill on that on that first time in. I mean, hang oh, and yeah. hunt. I've that's done what it several times. I've got a. I've got a bunch of lone wolves in Austin. I've done it numerous times this year. Oh, hang I and know hunt. You have a bunch of lone uh, wolves. A bunch? Like, oh my god, just dude. a few. A we walk a in. You saw
3: them, dude. I know. I know. i was joking. Okay. God
0: damn. We uh, so we walk in and we. Hang and hunt, and that, and you don't want to just walk in there like October fifteenth and hang and hunt. And think <laughs> you're going to kill a giant. I mean, you, if you're going to hang and hunt, you want to get in there early and hope that it's a. I mean, we like to hope it's a windy day, oh, yeah, windy or you or know, rain, rainy or rain, or you detail, know, rain's yeah. coming in that night or something to to wash all that stank out of there. So I like doing it.
1: Would you if oh, you got an all day drizzle, even though that you want to sit during that? That's killing day. But, but if you got to make a move. I like doing that because all the leaves are soft yeah, and everything. and it's That's just, right.
3: It's almost like the, the sound doesn't travel through the woods. Nope. Would you, you
2: can sneak up on them.
3: Would you, uh, if it was like you got an early snow, would you... Say you knew there was a big front coming in and you were getting you know snow starting at about 7, 8 in the morning. But you knew you wanted to move some stands because you had seen some deer. What would you do? Say that snow's coming in 7 in the morning. It's going to start. I mean, are you sitting until noon? getting down and hanging stands in the snow or what are you doing oh man
4: come on that's a
3: good question you You guys are sitting here talking about drizzle i can't talk about snow
0: if it's gonna if i know it's gonna snow and there's a front coming in
2: your ass is in a stand i can tell you that
0: i oh yeah you know that the nastiest weather is the best i mean there's there's been numerous numerous encounters i've had um with, with it being rainy and nasty and you don't want to be out there, it's cold. But if I had a pretty good idea that this deer was in the area, but I wanted to move, I already have a set in the timber. And I'm talking about a set already being in the timber. But if if I know I had a set and I wanted to move it, but I, I knew it was going to snow, rain, sleet, everything else, I'd, I would go in there and I'd set that stand um, and then I'd wait until it was time to move the wind picked up the the morning was dead you didn't see anything i mean you just then then tear it down and move on and and move it 50 yards or whatever you need to do but uh and and another thing is is i don't i don't like to walk into these spots in the dark whether it be morning or yeah i mean morning obviously but you're walking in in the morning and it's pitch black i'm scared to death to blow deer out of the field i would much rather glass my way in when it's daylight wait till daylight and then ease your way in because you can't go in there blowing deer out of the field you have no idea who was there um had this happen uh this past weekend uh walking in in the dark and we got within 20 yards of a big boy and when he ran off the whole ground shook and i'm like man (laughs) we really should have been glassing our way in waiting till daylight another 15 minutes and we could have seen him from a long ways off.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a thing. I, I remember one of the first times we talked to you You when you were doing, uh, it was a respect the game, ooh, 2015, 2016 season. I think mm-hmm. it was it was 2015, and you were going in there. You said, hey, you know, it's like November 16th. We're going in here at about 930. November ninth. November, November 9th. You're yep. like, we're going in here at 930. 30 and we always i always thought that was cool you know i've tried to apply that tactic myself i i walk through a horse pasture so instead of like blowing the big boys out i walk with a horse but i mean you know that daylight you you're able to see a lot more i don't have a huge field but i have a big enough field that now the corn's down i gotta <laughs> i have to walk but that is picked up so because is that a deer
1: or a horse i don't know
3: shoot it Hey, it's gun season. If it's brown, it's down. Sorry, Sea uh, Biscuit. But, yeah, you're, uh, your number one fan, Scotty Sullivan, uh, is taken to that, and he's been uh, – I remember I saw a Snapchat, and he's like, it's like Ross said, man, wait till about 930 to get in the field. And something to that, man.
2: Wait, why don't you ride the horse in? Wouldn't that be
3: a lot easier? The horse is a pony. Do you and just, I don't want to break it. You, you back. just ride it in and just <laughs> –
1: Ride it yeah. on in. Oh come on, <laughs> Rick Flair it. <laughs> Let's move on to we got one the more pony riding. All right, now we got I one more Facebook did. question here, and then uh, this is a cool one here. I'm interested in to hear this answer from you guys. How late in the season do you find decoys Ooh. effective? Ooh, that's a great
2: question.
4: Oh I, you man, know, I'm not a big decoy hunter. I, you know what, I love, man? I love watching decoy hunts on TV. I just I don't decoy hunt. I, I
0: tell you this, I've never, I've never okay I, I can't say i never have been a decoy man i've tried it and i've killed over one but it was my first big buck with a bow and i was 16 years old um and it was awesome he put on a show it, he was he was pissed he rolled in just thrashing every sapling he could <laughs> i mean he made a scrape He was just throwing a fit um but that was october 2nd or november 2nd that was the earliest i ever killed one um at that time, I guess. So November 2nd, he was, he come in, but he was, he was a three-year-old. Um, what time of year would I stop? Okay. Before I get into that, um, Greg Steele owner of elite Mm -hmm. and, and Matt Ortman who I filmed last weekend. Um, they both have killed. Matt Ortman had an awesome kill last year over a giant, uh, at Greg's farm. And this year, Greg killed a giant, uh, 160 buck, mid-60s buck, um, over the DSD decoy buck. Oh, Beautiful yeah. decoys, and, man. i got to get me one. Oh, yeah, they're only about $900 a piece. Right, right. Hey,
3: see if Clark Cummings will sell his after season. No
0: kidding. Jump I'm going <laughs> to steal his when he ain't looking.
3: Dude, he he <laughs> had to tow my car home. I don't know if I told you that story, but he had one in the back. We should talk about
0: it. i seen it. Um, we talk about how you towed your car home right now. Well, so no, let's
3: not. i I got more important things
0: I want to hear we, about. Uh, so, anyways, both of those guys have just and, – and I asked them when I got there. Uh, Matt had the decoy in the back of the ranger, and I said, this seems kind of crazy, man. I mean, we're, this is – what was it? I don't know. November 14, 15, 16, whatever it was. And I'm like, this seems kind of crazy. We, we got a plan? He's like, uh, put the decoy out, and we kill a Buck. i'm like keep it stupid i know (laughs) that's been working really good for you but i mean is there a reason behind it What what do you got and and you know and i made this comment on the way here sometimes i feel like we overthink things maybe we need to just throw that decoy out there and and it works out now i've had really good encounters with with a decoy sitting in the field and have really good bucks come and just about take that decoy out uh not big enough to shoot but really nice bucks so he was just bound to determine this decoy is coming with us um we didn't end up having any encounters uh but but just banking on the two of their encounters almost a year apart to exactly it, it was crazy that this DSD brought these big boys in and they were posturing i mean something like you see on tv basically i mean right, they right. just i mean it was crazy
3: yeah i'm not I'm not a damn expert on decoys. I tried it for the first time this year. I'm not an expert, really, on anything. You guys, if you listen to this podcast, you pick that up. I put a decoy out that a buddy of mine, Dan Fisher. You guys got to meet him last week. Mm -hmm. He let me borrow. Great guy. And I took this thing out, and... The, one of the problems was one of the legs was screwed up like his dog chewed it up, so it had to be screwed in. But it's one of the... I think it's like a flambeau or whatever. So normally you can you can take this you. thing apart and put it in. But, dude, I, I started bringing that thing across a horse pasture.
2: With the horse or without the horse?
3: The horses were in there, and they were freaking out about this thing. Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were all Ric Flair wooing. They were doing the slap chop and talking about how many Lamborghinis and alligator shoes they have but i took this thing and they freaked out and i was like okay that's kind of weird i set that thing and probably an hour and a half later i had a fox run right in smell it and then like run right back out i was like man that is the weirdest thing i'd ever seen i don't know if i set it up right but i know i wanted to set it up because of something that eric told us that philip vanderpool said yeah you know have it go, you know, facing you so that if, you know, it's going to go check its face and its ass so you'll get two good shots or other have it face you. Well, that you want it to cut around so or your way.
1: wind's correct. So if it goes downwind to you, he's got to cross with you. Yeah, and that's... and To answer this Facebook question, and I'm not a decoy, you know, I'm about... I'm a little above Steve when it comes to decoying, whereas I wouldn't bring up how a fox ran in and ran off. But
3: <laughs> I just wanted to bring up I know. how Michael Pitts <laughs> talked I'm, about the doe story. I'm Shout out your, to Michael Pitts. We I'm, love you, I'm buddy. busting your balls.
1: But I think it depends on how late in the season that transitions if you're going from a buck decoy or a doe decoy. Yeah. Because I wouldn't getting real late into the season. I don't know. And you guys might disagree and have a point that I didn't think about. But the way I would think of it is I wouldn't run a buck decoy too late and use a doe decoy because you might get a buck that late season is getting curious. like. Hey, what's that dough? I better go check her. I got limited oh. time here. Not that kind of
0: curious, I'm gonna, like, uh,
3: I'm hey, I'm in college. I'm going to comment cute. <laughs> just before Austin
0: does because I want to hear Austin's opinion, but I want to okay. say that uh, my point of my story with taking that buck decoy is I was a little bit on the on the on the fence about taking a buck decoy that late in November, but then again, it worked really really well a few days uh, before. I haven't seen anybody yet i guess and i'm sure somebody's out there that's killed a really good buck over a buck decoy uh late in november but at this point i'm if you're gonna take a decoy i'd lean more towards the doe Mm -hmm. that's just my opinion go go ahead austin
4: i think right now november 22nd after seeing what i saw tonight bucks posturing bristling i think it would still be pretty effective um a week from now you're kind of starting to slide off, right? I would say by November, I'd be shutting down on the decoy.
1: I was thinking doe decoy. I'm thinking like, he's asking how late it would be effective. I was thinking December-ish, like with with a doe. With a doe,
3: would you now? Would you not? Because um, there, you, you see a bunch of Facebook posts where they take just one antler off, and I think you were uh, you brought up the story. Somebody, no, it was uh, it was our buddy Brandon, and he said that you know there's a guy that said he never decoyed. And then he had one, and it got ran over by a truck, and the leg was all mangled. He said he put it out there and left a camera on it, and all of a sudden the bucks just were, like, attacking it because for some reason they thought it was inferior, but that's why you take an antler off. I mean, if you guys ever heard anything yep. like that? I'm not an expert. I, that's why I'm asking you guys.
0: Both kills were made over this DSD buck decoy uh, between Greg and Matt, and it's missing one ear, and it's missing one antler. And hmm. he looked all beat up. So and
2: they th- come so in. So do you think that that buck that's coming in has said, "Hey, something's wrong with this deer"? So like, I'm more, I'm more dominant over you. He's yep. like,
3: "Hey, I can take that wimp's lunch money." Yeah, right. right. I'd rather right. beat up
4: a 120 pound guy than a 180 pound guy. That's right. That's <laughs> but right. And not to say Thanks. that you I couldn't mean, do both. I, Don't say I probably, short. Could, I probably couldn't do either. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Well,
0: no, I, mean, I think that's a good it point, <laughs> though. I mean, we need the bar
4: rut. You're at the bar.
0: No, it makes a good point, though. I think, I think that yeah, you need to, you need and. And I had a decoy, or I have a decoy, two of them, two different buck decoys. One's that uh, Flambeau boss buck, and yeah. the other one is fuzzy wuzzy was a bear. Uh, yeah. I remember, uh, had well, I remember you watching the them. primos, the primos uh, fuzzy buck, you, and you're giving him a
2: bath this year. I was, yeah, I, I did. I gave him a bath and, and
0: what? Uh, lethal, lethal. Uh, oh yeah, sh- uh, shampoo or uh, uh, yeah, hair then. wash, whatever it was. <laughs> Anyways, but. Um, no, I I beat those two up. I mean, I cut their antlers up with a sawzall and took an ear off and made them look all mangled and turned their antler sideways and made them look stupid. But that uh, and it's and it's worked. But there's only been one time we've I think we put that decoy out and just didn't have anybody show up. But um, otherwise, I'd say yeah, if you can make that buck look inferior, or that decoy look inferior, then all the it doesn't matter. And you don't want to put. 170 set of horns on the
3: right, on the decoy. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're, they'll run everybody off. Don't want to put your, uh, your 3D targets out there or anything. Well, I think,
2: too, I mean, just talking from Philip, or Philip when we were in camp, like, it's not just setting a decoy out there. You can't just go out there and put him anywhere you want. you got to strategically. You strategically? You strategically. Yeah, strategically.
1: You sound like you just have a little whole barrel bush. <laughs> but, yeah, you had
2: got to place him certain way to where you're positioned it's gonna yeah the deer that's coming in his movement around the decoy is going to benefit you right and with the way he comes in is going to tell you how that deer's acting if he comes up to the ass end of the deer or to the face of the deer
1: right right for sure. which
0: which you can tell that pretty quick even when there are ways out how they're going to be i mean right. when the, and going back to that wow, two years ago kill on november 9th middle of the day um that buck that came cruising through i called him uh old man and he's just an eight pointer 120 inch 125 inch deer he was at least eight years old i had a lot of history with that deer and that was the very first time i ever seen him on the hoof i had thousands of trail cam pictures of him but could never see him and he come blazing through with three other bucks and four or five other does and when that uh humi's guy rolled in was spreading fertilizer uh he got him up i think he got him up on their feet and started pushing them around well then they just started chasing does and and getting into it but um anyways when he came through um camera got on him his back he hit the sun his back was all slick he was i mean he was looking good nice and shiny and he seen that other buck the buck that ended up shooting and he was behind some brush and as soon as he seen him his ears just laid flat back on his neck and his hair stood straight on end and he was just a big old fuzzball and i had no idea what was going on because he was walking straight towards this doe mm-hmm. and he walked around this big brush pile and here come the deer that i ended up shooting and at first i thought it was him but it was re- it was just kind of crazy to watch that the deer's posture that buck's posture change once he's seen that other deer so going back to what they're going to do once they once they see that decoy i mean if their ears lay back and they get all puffy i mean they're gonna you know they're ready to fight Start they're coming sideways sideways yeah. walk and you better be drawing your bow otherwise your decoy is going to suffer some,
1: Shit's some pain getting serious <laughs> well let's let's transition to austin's big six and uh yeah this buck that you're kind of working in on now um maybe talk tell a little bit about the story and what the plan is to get on this deer that you're uh you're going to use that second buck. But title. if you're
3: tuning in now, you probably ever heard this on a tootin' on the grunt uh, podcast. <laughs> so let's hear it for the first time on the working class hunter podcast.
4: Well, I'll give a condensed story, but I've had a lot of history <laughs> with this deer. Actually haven't got to see this deer since 2013. And wow. the other day on the 16th of November, I looked down and boom, there he is. I've never had a picture of him all year. So it was a pleasant surprise, but he's big. He's he's probably 160 maybe upper 160s big 10 point big main beams just a real cool deer um i would say seven years old uh yeah number one deer i'd like to kill and finally got to see him so i consider that a success in itself um but yeah yeah just
2: seeing him after that many years that's a success right there
4: yeah yeah it's like i said 13 and this is 17 so it's it's been a long time coming just to get to see him so hopefully it that's happens awesome. but i'll grab the sheds here
1: that would be cool i've never had like that long of like a, a history with a buck to, to you know what i mean to have a build up to something hopefully yes. that's a successful story
4: so that that's his shed in uh 2013 oh, uh he's missing his g2 there but he's 150 inch deer i got to let him walk in uh 2013 had him at 20 yards
3: he's like all curled up that's kind of cool he's got man. a long
4: main beam on him
3: yeah he comes right well his it, spread it, was it, probably like three it's tip to tip spread <laughs> like three inches here, probably. Huh? yeah pretty his, his close main beam almost touches his brows dude
4: and then i didn't find a shed the year after and there he is well, someone f-
1: like just bent him
4: there he is at <laughs> five
0: that's a five-year-old shed you got there, yep. Austin. Awesome. Yeah. Yep.
4: Well, how How old's this first shed right here? Man, they do they do a, the same thing. He's three years old, and that with the first one, that's the year I passed him. In look thir- what two 13. years does, man. Yeah. Look, see what they had,
3: swoop. He had a, a split brow tine, and now it's just absolutely gone on this.
4: Yep. And it, he's done wow, a lot of different weird. things. Look so, at that. Now you can see where the little split was starting on his G2 there. Well, last yeah. year he had a big split and this year it's a small split, but it matches on both sides and he lost all of his junk that he had last year. So now he's just a big clean 10 point with splits on his two. But it's amazing
0: to look at a 3-year-old shed this is versus a 5-year-old. A 3-year-old shed to a 5-year-old shed. Yeah. I mean, it same shape but spindly versus mass. Also, awesome. right. I'm just
1: curious what you would think because I love big eight pointers. I have maybe there's an attraction to big eights to me, and I just I love them. This five and a half year old shed we have his left side in studio. Assuming his other side was close, how big do you think that deer would go as sc- an eight? I
4: scored him at 150. If he had like a 15 or 16 inch spread, which he does, right. he doesn't have a big spread, so okay. he's close to 150 inch deer there. That's what I was thinking, and he's you know at three years old he was 150 he really hasn't gained that much like i said last year he was maybe 170 this year i'm guessing closer to 160 so he, the deers kind of stayed the same his whole life i yeah. was really expecting that deer to be huge by six right. years old you, the reason
1: why i was asking that because i want to make sure my thought process was in the same spot last week i told the story about the big eight that came in and i hit in the fucking no bow zone and he's this deer with he has beam didn't curve in as tight and i would say 22 inside yep And I guessed him right at 160 ish as an eight. Probably pretty close. And my heart just still hurts from it, so I'm gonna hand this to Eric.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So you only got his uh, his left side. uh,
4: Both years
3: for both years. So have you have you ever seen this deer in uh, on the hoof, or what's the... well?
4: Yeah, Let me, when I, I got to pass on him in 13 when he mm-hmm. was a three year old, and then uh, on type. the 16th, I got I had him at 20 yards and just didn't, I couldn't get ready fast enough. He was through the opening by the time I was ready.
0: Which he'd be, what is he,
3: seven? Seven this year. Seven this year. Yep. That's crazy. I hope you that's, get on him, man. That's
4: insane. I do too. I'll be a happy hunter. That's a
3: great story. How close, uh, do, do you remember where you found both those sheds at?
4: Yeah, so tonight where I hung my newsstand is about a hundred yards away from from where I picked up that five year old shed. So I'm hoping if he beds in the same place the next couple of weeks, I'll get an eyeball on him. Nice. Yep. Yeah.
1: you'll connect. I have confidence in you. Something about your uh, you you have good charisma. I think you'll I think you'll get on him. It's well, the look <laughs> of the podcast.
3: The uh, podcast. podcast. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maybe tomorrow morning I'll go kill him for a Thanksgiving present, and I'll send you guys a text. That would be nice. I will. We'll come over Dinner. to your house for
3: Thanksgiving. Since we missed your wedding, by the way, congratulations hey, on that. You.
4: Appreciate that. Congrats.
3: Do you remember when you invited us to that, and you're like, hey, you're all welcome, and then all of a sudden I see on Facebook, Austin Chandler, married, I'm like, Oh. I texted Kurt to go, "Hey, sh- dude, were we supposed to go to Austin's wedding?" And I was like, "Oh hey. shit!" He said he'd send us invites. I guess he rescinded it, so I don't feel bad that I wasn't invited. I, don't, I felt pretty I don't remember bad.
4: Remember saying I was going to send an invite? I verbally invited you, Steve.
0: I got an actual invite, and I ended up spending the weekend in uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs>
4: he ditched and went I, I missed oh, wow. I missed his
0: I wedding so I could go kill a black bear
3: alright well if you would have yeah. if you would have sent a physical invitation I probably would have ended up in jail so I'm glad he didn't <laughs> <laughs> well I'm glad you're married I'm happy I'm happy as shit for you appreciate Le. that she's a
4: good woman she lets me go hunting and takes care of the kids when I'm gone so it works out perfect that's man you that's you got two kids now uh, one stepdaughter and then my boy just turned two on the 13th
3: okay awesome Awesome. busy busy, busy how old uh, Ross Bigger over there is He's got all of them. Yeah, dude, Ross has got a clan going on over there. It's a factory at home there (laughs) adding to Bigsville I think they named Bigsville after all the biggers that are out there they had to have strongest swim
1: team in northwest Illinois yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I was contemplating naming every kid Michael Phelps (laughs) (laughs) they're swimming mofos they just go like hell no they uh, gold medals we've got we've got three three little boys under the age of three and this was a Saturday um I'd be our oldest, turns three. So, wow, awesome. Birthday party this Crazy. weekend.
3: Ross Bigger's beard brought to you by Rogaine. <laughs> How are you not gray yet? Oh, it's it'll be gray next year. Okay, next I year. am like totally gray, and
0: this it has pisses been, me off. This has been a rough one this year. Yeah, so.
1: you're, you're a silver fox, Steve. You just scream three
2: under three. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I scream George Clooney. <laughs>
0: it's Yeah, three under three. Have, uh, I, have, I think the, the first two are... Fourteen months apart, and uh, the mm. second and third are like sixteen.
2: Mm. So, man, that's gonna be a hell of a college bill. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well,
3: college we missed. I they're gonna three. be farming Austin's farm. Right. We missed that's it right. though. We were, <laughs> have, just... we were gonna have.
0: We were gonna have junior, senior, sophomore, or senior, junior, sophomore, and ended up being September eighth. The cutoffs August thirtieth, oh. thirty. Yeah, 30, August thirtieth. Yeah. So. Yeah. Damn. We'll end up having senior,
3: junior, freshman. You could always homeschool them and just print out their high school diploma right now. <laughs> you could do that. The family business yeah. is
1: going to be running strong. I'm I'm worried for the women in your county. Yeah. Oh, good grief! <laughs> at That point in time.
3: Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. You guys might be in-laws at some point. Could happen uh uh-huh. <laughs> well that's
4: possible but not on my watch no <laughs> no <laughs> you guys
2: hang out enough together as it is <laughs> yeah
4: but uh how
3: um have, have either of you guys uh because you how old your oldest
4: uh izzy would be seven years old
3: seven years old okay so you're closer to taking a, a child to hunting than uh closer than he is well i don't know how they do it down in bigsville but um, are you guys excited about, you know, being able to get your kids on, on their first deer Absolutely. or maybe your, um, yeah. your wives or whatever? What's a, what's going through that? I, I want to transition to the family friendly well, portion of the show. Both of us,
0: both of us have taken our wives out and, uh, they've shot deer. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's, right. that's yeah, checked off. Your wife off. has
3: a stand. I forgot. Okay. All right, my all right, wife has a ringing. stand and,
0: and, and his wife has a stand. Yeah. So we, uh. We had we got that checked off the list. Now we're just uh, trying to kill as many big bucks as we can before the kids roll in. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a good that's a way to do it. I still got a lot of time, so I'm going to keep hustling that out. I yeah. remember
3: you. Uh, now, all right, now I'm bringing it back where you were like, yeah, this is my wife's stand. I go, oh, dude, you're putting her up there? And you were like, yeah, I better go tie something off here. <laughs> like put a safety strap up there for her. All right, I remember that now. <laughs>
1: yep, Yep. Got to do it, man. No, gotta not. take care of the old ladies. Bringing
0: the kids in, though, man, I'm I'm excited for it. I and it'll be, you know, when you, I think anybody when you any father that has a chance to take their kids hunting once you once they get to that stage, you, you kind of I'm, I'm having a really hard time trying to wrap my mind around this, but I think from what I hear from other people, once it gets to that stage, I'm going to be more focused on them killing a deer than it is me killing killing a big buck.
3: Right. That's and like Trevor Schmidt.
0: I think it's going to happen. i am just, I'm until it happens. I'm, I'm still just dumbfounded thinking I'm going to give up going and killing a big deer.
2: I can <sighs> see that. Maybe bit, I'm an
0: asshole for saying that, but I'm just I'm no, saying,
1: no, because I, when people say that a lot and I, I see that, but I think it, that'll happen for a bit and then your boys will start to figure it out. Like you've started to figure it out a bit and, and then they kind of become more self-sufficient and, and then at that point, you know, you can, you go back as a team where, it's like me and my dad, I'm older, obviously, but we went through this stage where my dad helped me get set up, and then I caught on to it, and then I'm doing my own thing while he's doing his own thing, and we're both killing big deer, or yep. trying to get on big deer. Oh, and, yeah.
3: But it is it is cool to see you and your dad's you know relationship, how it still goes. I mean, my, my old man never hunted, but you know every weekend, like, Papa Dave's here. Everyone's like, I thought Papa Dave was at the beginning of this no, episode. He, <laughs> he, he's hey yeah, he went to sleep. He's, yeah, we're getting
1: up early. We're going hunting in the morning. We're running late here. But. Yeah,
3: but but what the you know what the thing is, it, it, there's still that father son relationship no matter where you're at in life. So you own a house, Kurt, and you know oh. when your dad comes over, you know he still brings a bunch of groceries and it's just like
1: hunting camp, man.
3: It, it is hunting camp, but it's like it's nice that you know because you still look up to your dad, and you guys are still doing your own thing. But there is always still that father son bond that I always see, and I always just. I don't know. I enjoy it. I always wish my old man had gotten to hunting so I could take him out hunting, you know, almost lost him this year. And it's just like, damn dude, you know, for all those guys that are having kids, I'm like, man, I, I finally get it, dude. That, that'd that be the shit to take your kid out, have him shoot a great deer and just be able to enjoy the outdoors. You know, I, I know we hunt pretty hard and it's like almost like a job for us, but hell man, that. That kind of sounds more appealing the older I get. I don't know. It's weird, but I think you're right,
0: Steve. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose track of wanting to kill big deer once my I see my boys interested in it. I mean, when when you can see them wanting to and wanting to learn and all that, I mean, I'll give up everything else just to just to watch them kill their first Absolutely. deer. I mean, that's gonna and it was and it was phenomenal to watch my wife kill her first deer and. When, we, when I did, I, I mean, his, it meant the world to me. So I, I can only imagine what it's going to be like watching my boys.
1: so For sure. Yeah, that'll be the, it'll be better than you killing one yourself. Dude, then
3: you'll yeah. make them a macaroni picture. What the hell is that? <laughs> that mean? was way off the deal. What is it? Does nobody ever make macaroni pictures for their parents anymore at 28 years old? Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. What you do, Austin? Yeah. does? That was for both of us. That went through both of our heads. <laughs> what do you think, Austin?
4: As far as the whole uh, bringing the kids into it, oh, what are you I'm, looking forward to? I'm pumped, man. I, I've already, I already pretty much give up my gun season to take Leah out. You know when she can go. Last year we got to hunt two days, and she got to kill a great 131 inch eight pointer. That's just awesome. Poss of a deer. And this year, I got to. I tried to bring her in and put her on the big boy the first season. We didn't get to see him, but maybe the second season she'll get to get on him. So. Ooh, you must that's have been awesome. going
3: through a drought or something.
4: Well, you know, if he goes on my wall, I don't care if she pulls the trigger or I pull the trigger, as long as he's going on my wall. That's, that's what I always say, man. Saying, that's
3: literally Kurt saying, as long as it's on my wall. Yep.
1: Sam kills a big buck, still gets hung up in my house. Yep. yep. Hey, it's like me getting one. We're on a team, you know? Yeah, that's right.
4: But if we ever get divorced, I'm keeping the deer. <laughs> <laughs> that's always the, that's always like the scariest thing. Like you know,
3: you know, just hey, just, yes, like, women women turn the podcast the prenup. Off. This, this is just guys talking, Dude, Women Sign are evil. <laughs> women are evil. They know that they will take your passion and they'll rip it up. You know, it's like if you have all these deer heads and you get married, half those are hers. Well, yeah, as long Even as they they don't you take my deer up.
2: heads or my car. I'm good to go.
3: Sign a damn prenup.
4: She can have the house as long as I get to keep the heads. Nah, nope.
3: sign a prenup. Women are evil. They know what means okay. the most to you and they will anyway. attack it. I think You're we. Done.
1: I think we shut her down there. Unless okay, and women to turn cover. back in. Oh, I'm
4: sorry. Hey guys, this is a family
3: friendly portion. I am <laughs> kidding <laughs> by the way.
1: We uh, we started off rough, and we ended. We, I think we, we and then we ended rough. We went strong in the middle, and then we closed her out rough again. Which well, I think hopefully is we good.
0: didn't lose anybody about five minutes in. Well. <laughs>
1: Keep in mind, we're running the studio. I'm running this mixer with six people in the studio, running headphone volume and the computer while Steve's yelling. Feedback
3: coming back through us, and we're trying new technology. My point
1: exactly over here. Why I'm trying to explain the struggle. Yeah, turn turn the
3: lights off so we can hear. Yeah, see, perfect. I I just who wired this anyway? (sighs)
1: Some Amish electrician or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's
3: why you better replace the wick in your. (laughs) <laughs> and you're light.
1: but uh your lantern. So I mean, that's just part of it. That's real. We, well, let's, uh,
3: end, let's end it strong. Uh, what what words of encouragement do you guys got? Jeez, put me on the spot. Oh, my God. Do you want to end rough?
4: Get off the couch. They're still running around.
3: That's right. Yep. We'll end around
1: that. We love you. Go shoot your bow. Good luck. Happy Thanksgiving. Four in the
3: morning, Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.